We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Knicks fans, how you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for a special post-Thanksgiving edition of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, I hope the uh, turkey, the stuffing, the potatoes, anything else you can say, the pie, got to have pie. I hope it was all delicious. More importantly, I hope you are um, conscientiously crafting your day after Thanksgiving sandwiches, because the day after Thanksgiving sandwich is a is just let's call it out. It's the better. Andrew, no disagreement there, right? It's the better. Fresh. The the moment of sandwich is great, but I I hear what you're saying. The days you days you go bread at the table. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm big. So like we talked about this. We said this on the Patreon pod, I think. But like turkey is not. I think turkey is yes. like wildly overrated as just like a, a main dish to have, but put it on a sandwich That's and it's great. Good. So I usually put my turkey with a roll and my family does it right where we get sandwich rolls for That's Thanksgiving. So not your first rodeo. Yes. Um, and you can look at me. I know my way around food, John Macri. Don't worry. I, said, I as do I. I, uh, uh-huh. I, I just I hide it well, I guess. Um, this is a good one. Uh, this is a big one for, for us, even though this is not the first time this guest has been on, uh, because as we were just talking about, uh, off air for a second, we both grew up listening to the one and only Evan Roberts, who joined us on today's show to, uh, do a little Knicks Nets talk, a little, little trash talk here and there. Um, but we actually had a really, uh, finished it a few minutes ago. I had a really good discussion about the state of New York basketball and where things are at. Um, and uh, we did that, of course, because the Knicks are playing the Nets on Tuesday uh, at the Barclays Center, New York, the New York Knicks home away from home. Um, I didn't bring this up with Evan. I didn't get a chance to. And I'm just realizing it now. So I'll ask you mm-hmm. the topic we've talked about a few times in the past. And I feel like it's worth revisiting. Are we any closer to a rivalry between the Knicks and the Nets? Right I this second. See, here's the issue is you would be able to tell me better than than anybody because you live in Brooklyn. You'll know 
if you've seen a lot of Brooklyn paraphernalia to the point where a takeover, a growth in fan base has occurred at all. I personally think, you know, Evan's been a, a Nets fan his whole life. So like, I remember his overnights when in 2004 for the finals, when you and me both, like that's when it starts. So since then he's been able to push the, the fact that there are Nets fans that exist. I still think that the rivalry is, is a little, it, it's weird because the Nets only recently had legitimate bragging rights over the Knicks, the Knicks, like everybody had bragging rights over the Knicks up until yeah. like this Leon Rose administration, you could say. Um, but to answer your question, like, I think there's always been a rivalry. I just don't think it's ever been as legitimate where one is it's where it's been Yankees Mets the way that it is right now here. It, it I, I'm going to give the boring answer, which is that I think the seeds were planted too recently. And I don't even know that they have been planted sufficiently to grow anything really good. Like there are Nets fans here in Brooklyn. Like I, I do see them. They are around. They exist. They care about the team. Um, you know, and I think they care about the team in a way that you can in the, in the only way you can care about a team that has been in your backyard for, I mean, what are they? They're here a decade, right? Mm-hmm. I think they're Brooklyn a decade. Uh, 2013 was their first year. So yeah, like, okay. So less than a decade. And like for most of that time, people really didn't care. Um, and people have started caring recently. So it's like, there's a difference when, like, I don't know. I have, I've never asked you about this, why you're a Mets fan, but like, you know, at most Mets fans, I would imagine in their household, it was like, no, you're not going to be a Yankee fan. You could move the fuck out before you be a Yankee fan. And it was ingrained, just like Yankee fandom is ingrained. And it like, it, it becomes something more like Mets fans aren't that, I don't think at least they're not that serious. And like, and then if you go to the next step of like, okay, well, is there a true, disdain or even like a dislike or even like, I don't think that's there as well, because how can you care about a team, the Knicks that has been so bad for so long. And I guess now that they, we have one season under our belt of being good and they have now, well, I guess really only one season under their belt of being really, really good. Um, Maybe that starts to change. I think, I think, you know what I think would change it. And I don't know that anything else other than this would change it. I think a playoff series would change it. It, it might. Um, I think it would. I, I, I And actually, we talk about this with, with Evan, but I, I'm not even sure the results. I, well, I guess that's if, one thing he hinted at that I, I'd actually disagree with. He said that he wants no. I, 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 I don't want to spoil the interview that you're about to hear, but he does make mention that like he wants no part of a Knicks Nets playoff series that. I think we'd enjoy, but we know the end result. And I think because of how quickly I think that series would go, I don't think That's, it would it would change but, anything to like the status of the fan base. It would have to be a drawn out seven game series that game seven's close in the fourth quarter. And it's like, yeah, that's a rivalry. I, see, I don't I don't think it would take that much. Like I'm thinking back to I think it would just have to not be like the first um the mellows, the first mellow playoff series here where they faced the Celtics, the Celtics. and there were the first two games, I believe both of them were, were close. Mm-hmm. And then the, the third Ray and Allen games at the were, buzzer. Yeah. Well, third, not the yeah. buzzer Ray Allen hit the game winner off of an illegal screen from KG and then mellow missed a jumper. Your memory is really something else. Yeah. Um, mellow obviously had that one, the one great game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three and four weren't close like that. 
that series did nothing for like rekindling the Nets or sorry, the Knicks Celtics rivalry. So like, I don't, I don't think it, but even something like that, like, let's just, I, God, I, I please, I should not talk this in, out loud into existence. Mm-hmm. Even if the Nets did curb stomp the Knicks, like, I think that would give fuel to net fans that anytime they saw a Nick fan be like, yeah, fuck you. Remember when we did that to you? And it would piss New York fans off, us off that much more where we'd be like, my God, I just, now all I want to do is beat that team. And like, even that would do something. I don't know if that's a rivalry, but see only because like they're supposed to win that series. They're supposed to curb stomp that. I feel like it would still be like, even if we did say it's the Oh four series where the nets won all four of those games by double digits against the Knicks. And it was like, yeah, we were, we won 39 games. We won 40 games. We weren't supposed to win a game in this series. So I disagree. Of course you won this series. I disagree. I think if the Knicks, because let's actually spell this out. If the, for this to happen, because the Nets, spoiler alert, are going to be one of the top two seeds. For this series to happen, the Knicks would need to be a play-in team, which mm-hmm. I think if you're a betting man right now, you might bet that they'd be a play-in team before a playoff team. Um, so, okay. well, no, 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 I'm agreeing with you. It's just like would, it's, a, it's a reality of the situation. Yeah. Look, we are where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would mean the Knicks would have made it into the play-in won a playing one, at least one playing game, maybe one, two play playing games, depending on where they were seated. And then um, gone into face a Nets team after I think a regular season in which like, if you're in the Eastern conference and you make the playing game, I'm pretty sure you're going to have to win in the mid forties. So I think that Knicks team would be expected to play the Nets tough, win a game, win like, you know, something like that. I Maybe I'm just more if it's one, eight or two, seven, those how many series of those, how how many of those series have actually gone the distance, let alone been close. There have been examples, obviously, the, the, the Knicks, the Knicks have, have two history. very famous examples of yeah. that. But the context of both of those upsets, when yes. you really look at it, that, like, that heat team Alonzo morning suspended for game five. The Knicks were better than an eight seed in 99 because of a 50 game season and look no further than the next year when the Knicks were the two and then or the, were the three and then the heat were the two. Like yes. that's how close those teams actually were, which is I think add what adds to a rivalry yes. is that the teams are close, which is where I think the disconnect is that I think, look, I love making fun of the Nets, but my response, if the Nets beat the Knicks in this, in the first round is like, good. Now go beat Milwaukee with nobody that cares about you in your building. Like that, that's, that's the the petty retort that I give. I'm, of course I would like the Knicks to upset the, the Nets, but like one point he did make that I thought is a good one. Like these two franchises have been very similar. They haven't done a lot of winning. And I think more about generationally how sports fans in this town grow up. Like, yeah, there's going to be a generation of young sports fans that would wonder why I would ever root for the Knicks because their dad or their mom, whoever introduced basketball to them has been so beaten so, down as a Knicks fan. Can I, that they're like, why wouldn't I just go root for this young basketball team in Brooklyn that has Kevin Durant. And that's what uh, I'll end it here. And then we'll get to my conversation with Evan. I think God, maybe this is just my perception having lived here for a bit now, like the nets are not a religion here to anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually, this, 
I'm not sure NBA basketball, specifically in terms of fandom for a specific team, can ever be a religion anymore with the way like young people, like unless you grew up in a household where someone in the household is a fan um, or you really latch on to a player and then happen to like stick with the team that that player plays for. Cause that's who, obviously that's who kids root for nowadays. They root for, they root for play. Like, I just don't know if it will ever run bone deep, you know, with, with the community of fans here. Fair. And I think the only two exceptions, which is where, and this is where I just, I need the sample size and the, the data to just get longer to actually know the answer to this. I think the only two exceptions to that are the Knicks and the Lakers. Like, I think those two will always be a religion. Yes. And it'll take like 10, 15 years to see. Like, we're kind of seeing it in football right now. There are two very bad football teams that have been bad for the last 10 years. Since the Giants won the Super Bowl, both of these teams have done a lot of losing. In fact, more losing than any other two teams. It's more than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Think about that over the last 10 years. So as a result, there's going to be a generation of football teams that like what I'm going to watch football. I'm going to be a Jets or a Giants fan. Why would I do that? And I think like the Knicks and Nets have much more competency at this point, but like Evan said, they've done a lot of losing to where I still think the Knicks will be a religion in the way that you just mentioned it. And I just don't know if like in 15 years from now, like, oh, I became a Nets fan because of when they got Kevin Durant and made that finals run will be a thing that a lot of people in this town say, or because like the Nets still don't have a base outside in New York, let alone in this area that will that actually matter. So I will see. I'm I'm in, I'm intrigued to live long enough to find out if this is ever like a 60, 40 yeah. Knicks Nets town in yeah. 15 years, you know? I it's I mean it's wait 60 60 Knicks 40 yeah like Knicks. like right now it's like 80 20 man I'm yeah. probably even giving the 20 a, a bit generous like but like I'm curious to see if like as time goes by and look I the the calculation I used to make John is because you know this I used to work retail and it used to be at a sporting goods store yep not once in my 10 years working at that retail location did anybody ever ask me can you point me in the direction of the Brooklyn Nets gear? And this is during the era of like Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Darren no Williams. One, no like one they had players. Yeah, but and, nobody cared. Well, like I've reached out to people at my old job being like, so like ha- just for research purposes, has that changed? And like, I mean, we get some, but like the number one selling jersey right now is Obi Toppin or Emmanuel Quickly or RJ Barrett in a town with Kevin Durant. <laughs> so I wonder how, if it's ever going to, if that fraction ever closes and my only, my only silver lining or fear, if you're a, if you're a Nets fan listening, you're listening for Evan, but my only thought of how it could get closer is the Yankees and Mets. The, the gap did close to where it's like 60, 40 in a way, this still becomes a Yankee town when they're good. But like that, that did close in the eighties because of what the Mets became in the eighties. And I wonder, like it would have to require the, the Yankees to go away like they did. So the Knicks would have to go away like they did, which is why we talked about how the Knicks being competent but, changes things. But even that the Mets had a massive built-in fan base from the day they became a franchise because oh, yeah. of all those Dodger fans. Yes. And then they had 69 and then, and like, you know, so 
which is it was there, which is why it's it's probably not as comparable. But like when this was still a Yankee town when the Mets started, you know, like yeah. there was National League baseball fans, but. Like there's, there's a whole other rabbit hole we can do go down I, about the. I was about to say baseball the reasons why whole. baseball, the reasons why baseball fans uh, chose their teams when one was the Yankees and the other was the first team to integrate. So we can go down that rabbit hole if we'd like, but we don't have to on this podcast. Um, the point being, uh, I, I think that, I think that it's still got a long way before the Nets make a dent in this town, and I think it's just evident by the fact that. Like, look, look at the conversation around the country. So, okay. Last thing I'll say, um, if you want to play my drinking game, Simmons on the pod a couple months ago, uh, referenced to cousin Sal that the Yankees are the closest to a championship and closest in New York to a championship, like making fun of New York of how far they are away. And cousin okay. Sal's like, well, what about the nets? Right. And he's like, Oh, are they a New York team? Like that's the, top three biggest podcasts in the world forgetting that the Nets play in New York City. So that that mentality would have to change. All right. Well, let's get to my uh, interview with Evan. Oh, that's what we forgot to do. Um, because Evan forgot to plug his own podcast. Don't forget, yes. in addition to, see, to hearing Evan on WFAN every day, uh, he also has a podcast, the Evan Roberts podcast. So um, check that out. But first, of course, stick around for uh, my conversation right now with Evan Roberts. Joining me now on the Next Film School podcast. Uh, I mean, I could give him all kinds of flowery introductions. I'm just going to say. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, there's a voice of New York Sports Talk Radio. That's, that feels good to say that. How's it feel to hear that, Mr. Evan Roberts? Oh, that's very sweet. That's very nice. I'm one of many voices, but thank you for the warm introduction. You're the voice, uh, even if you support the wrong basketball team, which is, of course, what we're here to talk about. Um, How you doing, my friend? Well, I'm excellent. I I root for a basketball team that has championship aspirations. I'm dreaming big every single night when I put my head down to my pillow. I fantasize about being a little inebriated at a parade sometime in late June. (laughs) So it's a hopeful time. Now, it may not end that way. It may end with me crying in tears like it did last June. But I have hope. And that's a great feeling to have. So I I don't want to get too off track because I do want to talk about this uh, this next Nets game that is coming up. And about your team generally, but last playoff series, uh, the playoff series against the Bucks is oh. the only play. I know you're as big an NBA fan and historian as I am. It's the only time I could remember a player losing a playoff series and coming out of it with his historical standing somehow elevated, not a little bit. Right. Markedly. So everybody came out of that. Oh, this guy's the best player in the world. And it's not particularly close right now. That must have been an interesting dichotomy for you to experience in the moment, because, I mean, that that was kind of cool, right? It would. There was nothing cool about this. I want to make something absolutely clear. Um, You're a diehard Knicks fan. Yes, I am. And you have witnessed a lot of losing and you have dreamt about what it would be like to win a championship. I mean, you're not old enough for 1973. You're not. I'm, I'm not I'm old. close, but not quite. <laughs> I'm not old enough to remember ABA titles in 1976 no. and 1974. So Kevin Durant's legacy doesn't mean that much to me. Like his okay. net legacy with the Brooklyn Nets is going to matter. And how I talk about him 20 years from now is going to matter. But my moment, my vision throughout that brutal series, and it was brutal. It was oh, just awful. Everything about it from Harden's hamstring to dominating them up 2-0 to how they blew game three. They freaking blew game three. Bruce Brown's mental mistake that he had mm. with like a minute to go to Joe Harris choking like a dog. See, you're making me relive this, but it's look, enjoyable for me. I'm They're sure you're having a great time, but Durant, look, everything you said about Durant's right. I'm not, I'm not arguing with you. The game five performance was like a religious experience. But all I could think about when that series was over was all the little things that if one thing goes right, we win. And then I assume we beat Atlanta and we beat Phoenix. Not saying that would have happened, but you know, that's the thought that Uh, goes to your mind. I I assume as much. (laughs) So I get what you're saying, but as a fan, it's not about the, the debates that ESPN or Fox sports has about, Hey, where does Kevin Durant rank now? I don't give a damn where Kevin Durant ranks now. I want to win a championship. And no one could blame you for that. Um, I would love to sit here, too, and echo those same sentiments about winning a championship. Uh, We're not in this in that place right now. Um, We are in a very different place. And I know since you are, again, the best of the best, you've been paying attention to where the Knicks are at right now. I do pay attention. 
<laughs> you bet slight attention. I am curious because the the sky has it's well, the sky is generally always falling, but there has been it is between like DEFCON. I don't know if we've ever gotten to, to DEFCON one this season. It's been up to like DEFCON two. You know, a high two, you know, at times down to a low four. What is your perception of where things are at within the New York Knicks at this moment? I think that you're a good basketball team that will likely be in the playoffs that now has a direction. And so, like, I'm like you, even when I knew I wasn't going to win a championship, I'm into my team. Like the 2019 Nets was a lot of fun. I always joke the 2019 Nets was similar to last year's Knicks. 100%. 100%. Having a great time. You're enjoying yourself. You know, it doesn't end with a title. But what I I guess I, my question to you back to answer that question is the state of the team long term or the state of this year's team? Like, yeah, I, I, I'm because uh, let's focus on the here because it's funny you ask that because for once in a very long time, for the first time in a very long time, I actually don't think that many fans are concerned about the long term. And no, I, I don't think anyone went into this. Maybe there were a few fans who went into the season thinking, hey, we can, we can really take this thing. Um, but for the most part, everybody was realistic about what what was going to happen. I, I'm talking about the, the here and now and, and specifically in terms of like, you know, I feel like if I was to zoom out, which I'm obviously incapable of doing, I right. would look at a team that's basically like, OK, this team is playing Roughly to where its talent level says it should play. There are issues, but there's nothing where it's like, oh, my God, you know, this is crazy that this is going on. And I'm curious if your perception matches that, because, look, there's a team that was picked. Vegas had them at 41 and a half and they're 10 and right. 10 and eight, you know. So what, what are what are your thoughts there? I view them as a solid little basketball team. And I don't mean that in any condescending way. I know it can yeah. be taken as a condescending well, comment. Listen, people get on you about it. But that's fine. That's fine. Look, I, I get it. I think they're a good, feisty basketball team that should be in the postseason. I mean, watching them every day, like I think one of the big things I wonder about, I'm sure you wonder about is, all right, who is Julius Randle? Is he the guy that blossomed into a superstar during the pandemic? Mm. Is he the guy that you wanted to just get rid of before the pandemic? Uh, He's a good player. He is what he is. Is he a number one option on a championship team? No. Um, I like the fact that your head coach basically has the guts to say, I'm going to ride with what's working on the floor. Like the other night, Julius didn't check back into that game until that game was clearly decided. Yeah. Um, I think it's about seeing, okay, how good can IQ get? I mean, he had a very good night the other night, hitting a bunch of big shots. Even before that, I thought he was playing well. So it's about saying, all right, how good can he get? Obi Toppin is like the monster key. I mean, to me, just from the outside, I'd want to see Randall and Toppin on the floor a hell of a lot more despite the defensive efficiencies that they have because that's the only way Obi Toppin's going to get big minutes. And Obi Toppin is still a guy that you view based on where he was drafted and the talent that he has is this is supposed to be a big part of our future. So the better IQ gets, the better Obi Toppin gets, the better your team can be because they're two of the young building blocks that you hope you're rooting for for the next half a decade. But that's been the nice thing about the Well, it's a gift and a curse because for once, it's not about we have to play these kids for the long term. I think everybody's of the opinion that you have to play Obi Toppin more minutes right now because you want to be better right now because he helps you now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, there's obviously on off numbers that that bear that. And if you just watch the fucking kid, he's he's electric. You don't even need like numbers or breakdowns like the Knicks are better when Obi Toppin's on the floor He's also incredibly exciting. And you see him getting better. You see the improvement. Like to your point last year, I remember 
as you guys were winning, you're going to put the guys on the floor that give you the best chance to win. And you're not necessarily going to think about developing this guy or that guy. Well, here's the funny thing. And this is great for you, actually. And you know it. I'm not telling you something you don't know. When Emmanuel quickly at Obi Toppin are on the floor, you do have a better chance to win. So it's a great win-win situation where you can develop your young guys and give yourself and your team a better chance to win. It, it's it is a good situation, um, even if uh, Quickly's played a good amount. He's averaging like twenty two minutes a game. Even if Toppin hasn't played as much as some people would like, I, I am curious how that situation resolves itself. I think it's the elephant in the room for most Nick fans right now because Randall obviously is here and does not seem to be going anywhere uh, anytime soon. Uh, overall, I would say I'm a little disappointed in how the team has played. Um, what you expect? Like I don't mean to be a jerk, but what were the expectations, I, 50 wins. Oh God, no. Uh, I picked, I think I went on record publicly and said 47. Uh, even if I, uh, Listen, as it, as Andrew's dealing, rolling his eyes in the background, you're dealing with a guy that yeah. picked this as a compliment who listens to your podcast. I appreciate that. I know what you've said. And I recall, correct me if I'm wrong during your predictions podcast that you did, boy, I want to pick the Knicks to finish ahead of the Nets. I really do. Like you had to talk yourself <laughs> out of doing it. Listen, and I, you gotta I have some fun with it. <laughs> I and look, here's what I, here's why I, here's what I expected. And here's why I'm, I'm a hair disappointed. I thought just to like get right into the X's and O's of it all. I thought Kemba Walker would be able to adjust better to the role that he is clearly being asked to play. And for that matter, I thought Julius Randle would be able to adjust a little bit better to the incoming talent and that the things would mesh a little bit more seamlessly as opposed to what has happened, which is I, I, let me even take a step back. I knew it would take time because it always takes time. It's never automatic. I didn't think the process of it taking time would be this long a and B I didn't think I'd be sitting here after 18 games being like, shit, should we tell Kemba Walker to go take a, a hike and just get right. lost? And right. are we a better basketball team? If we do that, that's kind of where I'm at. So in terms of wins, losses, I I'm, we're not that far off from where I expected, but that's, you know, where I'm it, at. It, it probably also doesn't help. I know it's a small sample size that the team started five and one. And when you get off to a great start like that, it probably builds and you start to trust me. I've done this before. I think there was a year during like the really bad time as a net fan where they started three and two. And I started <laughs> talking myself into Jeremy Lin's going to lead us to the playoffs. I remember I, that. Yeah. I mean, we do it. So I, I do think wh- whether you admit it or not, like inherently when your team gets off to a really good start, your team did get off to a great start. Yes. When you think about how great opening night was, it was incredible, dramatic victory. Wild. Five and one, despite the loss being a bad loss that you had, I can see how that, kind of talks yourself into bigger expectations, but I think they are where they should be. They're probably going to be a mid to high forties win team. I expect them to be a playoff team. I don't really want to face the Knicks in the postseason. I've, I've, I've admitted that openly on the air. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with you people. So that's, it's funny. I was watching the uh, Lakers uh, P- uh, Pacers game before and the Pacers were announcers were saying, you know, the Lakers, they're, they're tired because they're coming off against, you know, a game against the Knicks and they make you work harder than any team in the league. And I'm it's weird to get used to people <laughs> saying that about your basketball team when your right. basketball team has had the last two decades. It's had um, you mentioned opening night. Uh, I want to get back to your team for a sec, because uh, I 
count two times that you lost this season. I know, I know your record says you've lost more games. There have been some games where you didn't really care. Um, you lost to the Bucks and you lost to the Warriors. Um, I am got wondering. Killed. Got killed. I'm trying to be kind. You're no, the I'll guest. say it. They got You're their the asses kicked by the Bucks and the Warriors. I'll say it for you, man. Embarrassing. I am curious now that the Nets have decided, okay, uh, we're going to, we're going to play basketball now. And it seems like this is going to be, I don't want to say a cakewalk to the number one seed, but I, I also don't know who's jumping up and be like, we're going to take this thing from you guys. Um, are you, how uh, are you? Cons- what is your level of concern right now? Because again, you want a championship. You've always been unequivocal about this. I want my teams to win a championship. You don't really give a shit about anything else. So where are you at right now? I'm happy. I mean, I can't say I'm not happy. The team has won a hell of a lot more games than they've lost. Uh, Destroying the Boston Celtics in Boston was nice for my my sanity because what the Nets have done really well, and it's a compliment, but it's also sort of frustrating, is that they've beaten bad teams. And they haven't done it the most impressive ways, might I say. Uh, But they've grinded out wins, which is a good thing. You know, it's it's one of those weird things like you'd love to blow teams out all the time. As a fan, I don't root for close games. I just want to destroy my opponents. I'm sure you feel the same you, way. You, you and me both. Easy yeah, like the Laker game. R- really? You wanted them to blow a 25 point lead? No, you wanted them to crush. Yeah, that the was Lakers. wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that because their losses have been against good teams, because they've had these ugly victories that their record probably says something different than someone who watches every game. You don't feel necessarily as confident about it. James Harden hasn't been great. He has shown spurts of being the old James Harden, but overall he hasn't been great. Like even the Boston game, he didn't shoot the basketball. Well, he was an artiste with some of his brilliant passing and the way he sort of faked a couple of fouls, which I love now. I used to hate it when he was in Houston. Now he's, he's amazing. It's fantastic. I respect it. So, Like, I'm good about the regular season. I still get into every game. I'm sure you'd be the same way. If you rooted for a number one C team, you'd still be looking at every game. Man, I got to win. That's never going to be taken away from me because you and I, Nick fans and Net fans, I mean, we are more similar than we realize. We haven't won a lot. You know, we don't have dominant regular season. So even though the Nets may kind of stroll to a number one seed, we'll see. I still want to win every game. Where my concern is, my concern is, boy, they'd be so much better if a certain point guard was out there wow. or shooting guard with this team. I and was that's not, tough. I was not going to. I was not going to bring him up. Well, but think about it, man. Like if you take away, let's call him the third best player on the team. Okay. Yeah. If you take away the third best player on any championship team, certainly it's not a talent of Kyrie Irving. It hurts you. If you take Drew Holiday away from the Milwaukee Bucks, do they win the NBA no. title last year? No. Right. We can play that game with every team. So look, I think they're good without him. I think guys are finding their roles without him. But by God, it would be so much easier if freaking Kyrie Irving was on the floor. So that's my concern as we get closer to the postseason. Like the Bucs have handled the Nets ever since game three of that series. Nets blew them out in the first two games. Well, let's think about what's happened since then. So I think the regular season games to follow will also kind of dictate how I feel about things. But there is the back of my mind worry that my God, yeah, we're a good team. Yeah, we may get the number one seed. Yeah, Kevin Durant's awesome and he's a god. But mm, wouldn't it be nice if a certain Kyrie freaking Irving was on the floor? You and your first world problems. <laughs> I, I, I world's, world's smallest violin is playing over here. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. 
Zen Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh, So these two teams play next week. Uh, I expect it to be a fun game. I thought... uh, if unless I'm misremembering something, I thought all the games last year were fun. They were um, very competitive. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the Knicks got up for them. The, the, the fake comeback that was almost not a fake comeback in that one game was, was especially a good time. Remember when you um, guys and uh, Julius were crying about that, uh, the continuation, I think it was, that wasn't well, called a continuation. It, no, it was, Is that what it a was travel call. And I looked up that rule and I, I still stand steadily in dispute of that call that night. I'm just, wah. Um, we have so little, uh, so I, I expect a good game. Um, I, I think, um, it matters more for where the, the Knicks are at right now as a team. Um, I'll, I'll just say it. I think it's a measuring stick game for them because here's the thing. I don't think the Knicks have really played a great team, uh, this year, I, but that's the other part of it. I don't know how many great teams there are in the league. I mean, we've played the Bucks, but the Bucks have not been fully yeah. healthy. Um, haven't played the Warriors. I mean, it's Warriors, but Suns, Suns, a great team, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Um, we'll see. Well, think about it to, to your own point. If you're not going to include the Bucks, and I understand they got off to a tough start, they're playing a not lot yet. better they, now. They were hurt. That's that's right. the only reason why. Right. Who's great then? I mean, it's it's funny. Like, if Phoenix isn't great, then who is it? It's the Warriors and the Nets. That's it. Like, we're the only great teams in the league. Maybe. I, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's a strange year. It's an interesting year, and that's why I think again, it is an important year. For the Knicks, the X's and O's stuff, Kemba's not the long-term point guard. That'll work. It's about just keep the good vibes going. And that is why I do think this is an important game. Go in, you know, show a commensurate level of effort. Um, the Knicks have been in every game in the second half. Um, and and I hope that is the case again. Uh, I just, uh, before I let you go, I want to say one more thing. You you said you really don't want to play the Knicks. I, I Give me some more on that because that's the best I got. It, it, that's That's awesome to hear that. Well, why don't you want to play us? Come on, give it to me. May not be the reasons you're hoping it is. It's not because like I'm afraid of playoff Julius Randle or Kemba Walker is going to find a fountain of youth. It's because you're a Met fan or are you a Yankee fan? I forget. Which baseball team do you root for? I, I honestly can't in good conscience even say that I'm a Met fan at this point, but this is a Mets household. Uh, okay. I just, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a Met fan as well. And one thing Yankee fans always used to tell me when we would play in the Subway Series is this is your World Series. You know, you beat us one time in a three-game series, you're going to get bragging rights. The 2000 World Series, Yankee fans told me we had to win that series. We could not live in a lifetime where we lose to you. That's what it's about. Like, Tuesday night at Barclays Center is not a fun night for me because – a, there's a lot of Nick fans. I never, I'm not one of those net fans that say we're taking over the city or we're this or we're that. The Knicks are a more popular team. Let me make that absolutely clear. The Nets are growing fans. That's great. 
They can sell out their own playoff games despite some of you mocking James Harden's promo code. But that's not the point. There will be a lot of Nick fans in my freaking building. I don't like that. I'm sure you didn't like when Laker fans were in your building years ago and were chanting MVP at Kobe or MVP for no. Steph Curry like I experienced a few weeks ago. We lose a game to you in a series. We win in five. We win in six. God forbid we lose. I'm never going to hear the end of it because this isn't just Knicks Nets. This is the Nets with an all-time great player. So it's not a basketball reason. Like if we're going to talk basketball, no, yeah, we're a better team. We should beat you in five, maybe four even. It's God, man, I can't deal with losing a game to you. Not you. You're a good Nick. No. Fan. That's why I listen to you. And oh, I, I listen to Nick that. fan TV. You two guys are the two Nick fans. I like the rest of them. Most of you listening, you know who you are. You're scum. <laughs> winning, <laughs> winning fans left and right. I air. I'm going to pay you back. You are one of the very few people. Um, I, I listened to for one and two to pay the compliment to your basketball team. Um, they were the team last year that I wanted to beat more than any other. And I, I, I remember it was one of the post games. Andrew could probably recall better than me where I, it, maybe it was the, the Randall non -tra or travel, whatever game um, where I just sat there and I kept, I was literally muttering to myself in front of my laptop. God, I, really wanted to get that fucking game. And I just, I couldn't get over it because I just so badly wanted to beat the nets. And for me to sit here and have to admit that the little brother now matters, that sucks. And I don't like it. <laughs> and I don't like how it feels. And I want it to feel differently. And that's why I would very much like for the Kevin Durant, James Harden, and uh, he who shall not be named era to be over with. And for the Knicks to, you know, Get back on there. I don't know if you realize this. Uh, Kevin Durant extended with the Brooklyn Nets. He's going to be here for five more years. I've heard. Um, do you, how many? Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, how many more years? Because he's the best basketball player in the world right now. Steph Curry's probably the MVP, but Kevin Durant's the best basketball player in the world. How many years is KD the best basketball player in the NBA? Oh, man. <laughs> God. I don't need. You know what's funny about that question? If. Kyrie Irving is back and vaccinated or the rules change because I don't think he's ever going to get vaccinated. That, that may be a different podcast, but it will never, ever, ever happen. We're going to need New York City rules to change. But if Kevin Durant is teammates with Kyrie Irving and James Harden during that five year time period, the answer to that question will be less important because mm. you'll have three aging superstars getting old together in which each of them can cover up their deficiencies as they get old. If Kyrie doesn't come back and he, just that, like his Harden, I think is going to resign, but he's going to get old and it's going to get ugly. Let's all be honest about that. That's that situation is also worth paying attention to the, the is, I mean, I'm, again, we all assume he's going to resign, but it's the just, fact he hasn't extended yet. You mean? Uh, yeah. Well, I, he he's in line to make a lot more money by I know. waiting. I know, so, but, but, but ask yourself this question. Cause this is weird to me. The Nets have to extend James Harden uh, or re-sign James Harden. Well, Max, they don't have a right? We all accept that. Don't we also probably both agree that his aging is going to be awful. <laughs> like it's not going to be I pretty. Mean, I'm 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 a little bit older than him. I'm 38. I do not have his extracurricular uh, calendar, and I feel old. And I right. God bless the man for doing whatever he does. But if he's aging with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, well, they'll be story. fine. They'll compete for yeah. titles. So it, 
how long do I think Kevin Durant's going to be the best player in the league? I don't know. Maybe it's only one more year. I mean, look at his age. Look at his injury history. He doesn't need to be the best player in the NBA if he's got other elite level guys with him. So, look, I'm glad Kevin's going to be on my team for the next five years. That's great. Like, he'll be my guy, you know, which is cool. But it's really going to be important to have those other stars around him so that if the answer to that question is, yeah, he's now the eighth best player in the league or he's the 10th best player in the league or he's what LeBron is right now. LeBron's yeah. still good. He's not the best player in the league. He can't stay healthy. He's old. It happens, but will make life easier if you've got those guys around you. That's why, you know, let's win a freaking title now. Enough of the waiting. I, I can't. And by the way, like, here's why you should feel bad for me. No, in all seriousness, first world <laughs> problem. No. If you were really close to an NBA championship, like you had elite level guys, you would realize deep in your soul, boy, I better win now. Oh, yeah. Because if I don't, it's never going to happen. There's again, you're a student of, of you, you respect the history of this sport. All those times we look back like, oh, this team's going to win multiple titles. Shaq Penny, the Oklahoma City trio. Um, you know, how many titles were predicted for the heat for Durant and the Warriors once he dressed it, it life comes at you fast. Yes. Um, Someone said to me, I think it was Carton and he was probably just busting my balls. And, and I think a few Nick fans on Twitter said it. They said, hey, Evan, your team better win multiple titles or this is a disaster. And I said to them, are you freaking high? Multiple titles? <laughs> just one. Just one, baby. One. Like. It's easy now to look back at the 86 Mets and say, hey, it's disappointing. They should have won more. But anyone who experienced it will say, hey, 86 was amazing. It was like the greatest moment of my life. You don't need to win multiple titles. Again, if the talking heads on ESPN and Fox want to debate that concerning Kevin Durant's legacy, they go do whatever the hell they want. You don't care about those debates. I don't care about those debates because you and I, and I'm pretty sure everybody listening can agree on one thing. We want to see our team win a championship. That's one. One. If we get to a dying piece, just one, one. Um, it's a great point. I can't think of any situation where a team has only won one championship and it is a, a disappointment. This was a ton of fun. Uh, oh, last question. Favorite uh, side that you are looking forward to uh, tomorrow as we were recording this on Thanksgiving Eve. My father-in-law makes the greatest stuffing in the history of stuffing. So I look forward to it every year. And then he makes so much of it that we have leftovers for the next three and a half weeks. So, God, I'm excited for that stuffing. Kind of like the Nets stuffed the Celtics in Boston. <laughs> you had to get that in there. Um, not that anybody listening to this uh, needs this information, but please, before you sign off, can you let the folks at home know where they can find you? Well, you can uh, see me obnoxiously tweet at W. Uh, what's my Twitter name? Oh, yeah. Evan Roberts, WFAN. Uh, but then I'm on two o'clock Monday through Friday, sometimes on Saturdays at 10 a.m. You never know. On WFAN New York, the flagship station for your Brooklyn Nets. You do that well. So I got to say that. And uh, in uh, honor and a privilege, uh, you're the man. Thank you uh, for coming on. And uh, I hope you uh, lose uh, mercilessly on Tuesday. Thanks. Thanks for the invitation. And I wish nothing but horrible, horrific things for the New York Knicks franchise and their fans. <laughs> Accepted. 
Okay, that was fun. Uh, Evan's awesome. He really is the best. Uh, I am okay being shit talked to from him uh, any day of the week. Uh, again, thank you for checking out this post Thanksgiving Day edition of the Knicks Film School podcast. We will, of course, have uh, post games uh, tonight and uh, tomorrow for both the. Who are we playing again? We're playing the playing the Phoenix Suns. The Suns, that's it. And then I, the Atlanta Hawks. And it again. will be pre and post games. Pre, we oh, have. we're doing yes, that's right. We're doing pre and post game for both games. Yes, we are. Look at us. Yeah. Um, don't forget to get your uh get your prize picks, login, uh ready and sort it out. Gonna have some some more uh tasty choices. Uh I will I will also reveal on the pregame uh that I made a side bet of my own of my own prize picks, uh, which hit. And I will I will tell you what that is. Bravo. Uh, <laughs> all right. Everybody uh, have a great uh, Thanksgiving uh, weekend and we'll talk to you soon.